Hello. I am a wafer-eaten, wine-swilling Catholic, and I never, never listen to I Doubt It with Dollar Moore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us and welcome to episode 293 of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host, Jesse Dalamore. Sitting across from me, the sleep deprived co-host, the lovely, talented, tired, Brittany Page. You know, <laughs> there's like stages of sleep deprivation. Uh, you don't have to tell me. I know. And I'm, I'm currently feeling very good. <laughs> so it's it's you're in that euphoric. Yeah, I'm like giddy almost. <laughs> a little too excited. That should make for a decent show. I need to tone it down a little bit. <laughs> in fact, I've been uh, running my mouth a little bit too much today, but... Um, I started my day off really well because I got in the car and I, I was up all night working on homework. Shocking. And, um, I had to go to school. So I was in the car driving and as people often do in a car. Yeah. Drive. And I was listening to radio stations, which I don't like to do in the morning because Jesus Christ, these morning shows. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's, horrible. It's, it's terrible. Terrible in LA too. Yeah. And it is the ultimate you would think that oh la new york that's where they have good radio no and it's no it's just as cheesy and shitty as anywhere else Ah, traffic and weather together everybody it's a wacky morning zoo here the the z <laughs> yeah well in a lot of the crazy. morning shows focus on like celebrity yes. lives because it's la <laughs> right so anyway we have a christian station we probably have many but you're you're a radio station shifter you don't you don't go by the presets you're you're constantly scanning through the the spectrum That's to try not to true. find no yeah, i you no are. i go through the preset ones repeatedly are you saying that you have a christian radio preset yeah in the car yeah all right well then proceed that's what i'm saying and <laughs> i landed on it but i don't have them memorized because there's like three different menus of them so i just filter through mindlessly while i'm driving and i landed on a station and i was listening to this song and it was like a terrible pop song but i kept listening and um i was confused for a little bit because it sounded like she was talking about sexual things. And so I thought, oh, well, this is like a regular pop song, right? Yeah, I'm down on my knees, begging yeah. you, please. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was not sung like that, but yeah. <laughs> and so I'm listening to the song, and then all of a sudden, a guy starts rapping. And I'm like, oh, this is a real pop song. I've never heard this song before. I wonder what it is. And then he starts talking about Jesus Christ. And I, I look at the station. It's a Christian station. It's a Christian song. But it took me probably 30 seconds to figure it out. 30 or more seconds to figure it out. And I'm sitting there listening to this Christian song. It, it, is, it is symptomatic, I think, of a lot of Christian music that, especially the type of Christian music that wants to toe the line between secular music that gets popular and hits the charts and still being considered Christian 
that they, you know, they make it kind of ambiguous. Is she talking about a lover or is she talking about God? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I remember at my church, they were very progressive. And so they would play like cool music. Steely Dan and shit. Yeah. I remember my pastor once sang Jane's Addiction before his his sermon. Just like he didn't sing it. He said a line from Ben Caught Stealing. But anyway... Is that Jane's Addiction or is that yeah, Porno yeah, for Pyros? Yeah, Jane's Addiction. Okay, so anyway, um, but they also <laughs> would play like Peter Frampton, Show Me the Way. Just blame it on being tired. Okay, anyway, whatever. So, so I have the song. Yeah, let's listen to the song. <laughs> Just listen. <laughs> so good because it's a pop song and it's oftentimes hard to to hear the lyrics i want to read them to you oh i can't wait all right so so we'll just go with her part because it was easy to listen and to, to understand the words of the of the fella who was rapping yes uh it starts off a little weird with the part that i i chose okay which is but lord you know me so well. I can be a little punk sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> what? See, that should have been the hint right there. I can be a little punk sometimes. Right. What was going on? It's a little mild for a pop song. <laughs> I should have known right there. But don't leave me. Leave me alone. Bust down the door to my heart like it's your home. Ooh. Don't need no keys. I'm on my knees, Ooh. begging you, please. Nice. I got to settle this thing once and for all. <laughs> You've got my heart and my soul. You can have it all. I'm on my knees, begging you, please. Jesus is getting hooked up. <laughs> Something's happening. <laughs> begging you, please, Lord, don't leave me alone. Mm. See, she, mean, she said Lord twice. I yeah, should have Lord, picked up on this. Just because she says Lord, it yeah. doesn't mean that she's talking to a deity. Yeah. It could be, oh, Lord. I, ooh. <laughs> Good Lord. I didn't even hear the Lord. I was so captivated by the quality of the... By the being on her knees? No, the beautiful tune. Begging. The beautiful oh, just... I am fucking begging you, please. I mean, have you heard a song better than that one? Never. I haven't. That is the best song that has ever been recorded in the in the course of human history, Brittany Page. Yeah, well, one of the listeners messaged me yesterday and asked what my favorite song was, and now it's this. So I have to... 
I don't even know who sings this or what it's called. But Earth, I, Earth, Wind, and Fire what? Yeah. <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire who? Well, it was Ain't No Stopping Us Now by McFadden and Whitehead, but no more. <laughs> no more is that the best. Now, it's, well, let's give a shout out to the artist. Yeah, of course, of course. Since, you know, I'm in the business of I giving shout called, outs. I think it's called Alone. Alone it? by Holland featuring True. There we go. T-R-U. Perfect. Great song. Good job, guys. Quality, uh. quality Christian tunes. But sometimes I listen to the Christian station because I started going to church when I was 12 and I was very involved. I used to run the sound sound booth. I don't know if that constitutes being very involved. Well, I ran it for both services every Sunday. Proceed. Anyway, so I am reminded of those just great times. I, listen, I grew up very actually, actually involved in the church. I was a three to four times a week attender of church. It was the second home was the church. Yeah, that's not involved. And that's like obsessive. Yeah. Well, yes. What am I going to deny that? Of course it was obsessive. Yeah. But I don't think fondly on Christian music because when you listen to normal, like that, that is a little different from a normal Christian uh, pop song. Uh-huh. Usually it's, they sound kind of like, like, like this. They're like, oh my God, oh Jesus, oh, this weird, airy. This. Like they all sound like a Creed song. Well, not, well I'm, I'm doing too much of the, the grind and the voice. They're more like, I love, they're, they're weird with the airiness in the voice. Yeah, you were not doing an airy voice at all. I don't, I, I don't really have the chops to do an airy voice. Yeah. But they all... Nine times out of ten, I can spot a Christian song when when you hear them. Because mm-hmm. it's not all. I, we got duped into listening to a couple Christian songs. We went to a Dave Matthews concert. Uh-huh. And Switchfoot yeah. was the <laughs> opening act. Uh-huh. And we didn't get there late enough, and we had to sit through a couple songs. And I once willingly went to a Switchfoot concert. In fact, I lied to get my way in. Ugh. Anyway, we're gonna we're moving on now because I, the little vomit starting to push its way up through my my windpipe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to some voicemails. Uh, how y'all doing, Brittany and Jesse? Uh, this is Sean from Virginia. I'm fairly a new listener. Um, my brother-in-law just put me up on the show, so I really enjoy it. I love what I hear, and I, I look forward to y'all every time I come out here uh, on my truck to go to work. Y'all, the first thing I put on. But um, I got to start by saying, honestly, I, I hate this PC world we live in because I just finished listening to uh, your podcast. I think it was Michael Flynn and Bill O'Reilly was stating that they don't really like to have dinner with uh, females or be alone in a building or something like that with females due to the fact of whatever. Now, if they saying they don't like to be alone with females because they think that they're that handsome and, you know, females are not going to be able to control themselves and just <laughs> fall all over them, then they're out of their damn mind, okay? <laughs> and let's, let me say this as well. I fucking hate both of them guys, okay? So I'm not taking up for them at all. But it's this PC era we live in because I also looked at the flip side of that coin. And in today's world... Even if they were alone with somebody of the opposite sex and nothing happened, even if they weren't horrible people but nothing happened, ain't nothing stopping this woman from saying, yeah, he tried to sexually assault me, sexually harass me. Whether there's evidence or not, in the court of public opinion, they're guilty all day long. 
every day, all day. So now, whether they prove it in court that they didn't do anything wrong or anything, the public opinion of the court, uh, of the public court, is going to be that they're guilty. So now they done lost their jobs. Now they, they got to figure out how they're going to feed their family. Not that they really hurt for any money. But I do understand, okay, I'm a married man. I don't want to be in a place where it's just me and another female. Whether she's a coworker or not, I'm sorry she can't get ahead, but it's too many people out here misusing the law for their personal benefits. And y'all know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of people out here suing just for the word, just for the sake of saying that they can sue somebody because everybody wants a payday. You understand what I'm saying? And I don't feel like it's sexist. I don't feel like it's racist um, because to me, uh, I now live on the south side of Chicago. If I'm walking down the south side of Chicago, I see a group of guys hanging out on the corner and there's no store there. Um, is it racist for me to say, fuck that, I'm not walking that way, I'm going to turn the hell around and go the other way. Now, if somebody famous did that, oh, they racist, they, 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 uh, pointing out people Black Lives Matter will be all down their damn throat. Sometimes, it's just, in a perfect world, I should be able to walk past some group of dudes. But in the world we live in, reality says you better turn your stupid ass around before I end up in the hospital, broke or worse, in in the morgue some damn place. But um, honestly, I, I I've been listening. Oh, you see, that's what happens. No, that is what happens when you go over three minutes. Google cut you the fuck off. Yeah, Sean, listen. I'm so sad he got cut off. T- top ten, one of my favorite voicemails. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> But let, let me clarify a couple things. One, I think you make some some valid points, and that may be unpopular to say. That that I think that is a maybe not so much a rational fear that one of those gentlemen would have, but it is something that that runs through people's minds. However, in this case, this isn't exactly what Mike Pence and other members of uh, different people have said. Who, who else was it, Brittany? It was Mike Pence. And somebody else backed it up. Some congressman. I'm not sure. They weren't talking about one-on-one. Like, they were talking about, like, late work meetings. And Mike Pence specifically was saying any event where alcohol... Is being served. Yeah, he won't go to without his wife. Right. It's just weird. It's puritanical and fucking weird. But we're we're not specifically talking about late... It's dark outside, it's one in the morning, and you're working solo with a female coworker. Yeah, I think that could be lead to inappropriateness just based on the fact that there is, there is a sexual component that could be entered in with uh, heterosexual individuals. The same thing could be said of if, if we had a gay congressman or a gay vice president and and working alone with a gay it's we're humans. And that sexual component does play a role. But that's not what we're talking about. Well, I also think it would be different if Mike Pence had said, the reason I take this position is because I have had this past experience with being accused of something. Right. R- yes. And I I didn't actually do it. And I don't want to be in that position again. Or I have a friend who has experienced that. And I don't want to be in that position. That would be one thing. And even that is kind of, uh, I mean, it is a good point that does happen, but to say, I'm not going to be around any women because of the possibility of that, because women could say, well, well listen, men rape women all the time. Right. Well, I, I would, can't I, be around men sure, because, sure. well, what if I get raped? I, I would say this, though, uh, relative to the 
to the possibility of that happening or the probability of that happening. Maybe you, if that's the case and you're worried that Sally or Judy, whoever, that maybe you'd make a better choice on hiring. If you're that worried that she's that much of a fucking liar, then that's not the right employee to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And hopefully you would be able to tell what kind of people are not trustworthy, right? That are going to accuse you of something that you didn't do. Yeah. To sue you. Right. But then you have people like Bill O'Reilly who are saying, listen, I'm just this vulnerable guy. I'm super rich and everyone wants to sue me. Again, we make the point that Jake Tapper isn't having this issue. (laughs) Anderson Cooper isn't having this issue. So even look at other conservative commentators like Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck's not having this problem. At a certain point, okay, yeah, that might be a reasonable excuse. But it's like with Bill Cosby. People were defending Bill Cosby at first, and then all of a sudden you have 40-plus women. It becomes like, all right, he's no longer America's dad. Now he's America's, you know, creepy, molesty uncle. Yeah, and I mean, it it is what he's saying, the the court of public opinion. I totally agree with this. Yeah, and sometimes it goes crazy. Yeah, with the shaming, right? And we're going to talk about that stuff later with the United flight. But that is a problem, too, because if they haven't been found guilty then it's it's tough but well it's almost impossible but we i think we need to do a better job of leaving the room inside of our head yes for the possibility of them being like and i'll just i'll shit on myself here bill cosby in my mind fucking guilty Mm -hmm. i haven't left myself any room for good old dr huxtable to be innocent of these charges yeah because there's the volume of accusations you know what i mean and that's bad on me i should leave myself Mm -hmm. anyway yeah (laughs) so we love the call sorry you got cut off please call back and leave another message call back oh but it was just you know hey love the show blah 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 which i don't want to blah 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 you loving the show we really appreciate you loving the show and your brother-in-law holy shit yes that's what we need more of. Listeners who will ter- tell their brothers-in-law yeah. that, uh, hey, Brittany and Jesse, tell I, a friend. D- I doubt it with Dollamore. Tell a friend. Yeah. We love you guys. Thank you very much. Next up, Rebecca from Georgia. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. Uh, my name is Rebecca. I live in Roswell, Georgia. I'm uh, 21 years old. I love the show. I'm a recent listener. I've been listening since about the election the time, the debates, uh, you guys were my way of staying informed. I'm a big fan. Um, I just wanted to comment on something real quick. I'm a little behind on episodes. I'm catching up right now, so this comment, uh, you may not even use it because it's about something you guys talked about a while ago, um, but I was listening to episode 284, and you guys were talking about taking care of business, and Kelly, I can't remember her last name, unfortunately, right now, Karen. and how... She stood up for herself and took care of business and, you know, using her self-defense knowledge, uh, prevented herself from inevitably, I guess, being raped. Um, and you talked about how, you know, she's an inspiration to women and how amazing that is. And while I agree with all of that, I wanted to make one point about this situation that tends not to be brought up, um, and that is the uh, male side of the issue, because I feel like when we talk about women learning self-defense or having methods of defense on them, pepper spray, knives, whatever, what have you, we kind of address um, an effect 
of the issue and not the cause. Because we as a society tend to tell women that it is their responsibility to keep themselves safe from men. That it is their responsibility to make sure they are equipped to ward off these attacks. Instead of teaching the male race to not attack women. I think it's important to acknowledge that, you know, we shouldn't just have to protect ourselves, but we should teach men that it is not okay to attack women. And, of course, you know, most people are like, of course that's not okay. You know, nobody teaches their their young men that they can go out and hurt women and that that's good or anything like that. But there's a lot of things in society in the way of, you know, misogyny and sexism that fully but surely lead people to believe that certain things are acceptable. Um, and those lead to worse and worse things when it comes to sexually harassing women or just harassing women in general. Um, so I believe, like, things like self-defense classes are still important and should exist, but I believe also we should have a course or a school or a, last, a class or something like that that tells men what is harassment, you know what I mean, what is considered harassment, what isn't, and the serious and dire effects. Once again, no, cut off at three minutes. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> so, Rebecca, thank you for the call. I have a couple of thoughts on this, and I think you do too. I do. I would say, I think toward the end of what she was saying there, she was kind of conflating harassment and violence like assault yeah and this guy there should be a distinct a distinction drawn well this guy who who tried to rape kelly heron in the bathroom while she was taking a break from her run and successfully raped previous women right he had been arrested several times imprisoned right so that would have been a teaching moment for him right that would have been a moment where he is You're taught about the arrest. Yeah, that yeah. would that would be where, a moment where he's taught, hey, what you did was wrong. But then they let him out and he kept doing it. So I'm not sure that the reason that guy is what he is is because society taught him he didn't need to respect women. I I, I can't see that connection mm -hmm. um, in cases like that. I certainly understand the argument and believe that there are situations where, you know, men get these ideas and they, they can be programmed in a certain way. But this case in particular, that guy is a violent sexual predator. And I don't think that what went wrong in his life was that he didn't have someone to tell him, hey, you shouldn't rape women. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I, I think that. And this is this is a touchy, touchy I love that we have callers and listeners who have the boldness and willingness to engage on oh, something sure. like this. Yeah. This is awesome. And just because I, I don't necessarily... First of all, let me say this. I'm, you <laughs> see, well, I'm the man, so I have to be really careful about what the fuck I say. Yeah. I think that... Well, one, I'm opposed to the death penalty. But if I was a death penalty guy, yeah. I would lump in with capital crime, rape, child molestation along with capital murder. Right. I think it is that atrocious. Yeah. That if we're going to have the death penalty, which I oppose, <laughs> <laughs> we should lump uh, assholes like the guy who raped previous and tried to rape Kelly Heron. Yeah. He would be a candidate mm -hmm. for the death penalty. 
Having said that, one, I don't believe in a rape culture. I don't believe it. Um, I don't believe that there is a culture of rape that is allowed, that people just like in, in, the, in the back rooms, dudes are like high-fiving each other like, ah, we're getting away with it. And I, I know I'm simplifying the, the entire subject of rape culture. Mm-hmm. But let's put it this way. Well, a lot of ladies, they say, well, I, sh- I should be able to dress any way that I want to. And I, I shouldn't be blamed if I get assaulted. I agree with that. Of course. I, if I get blackout fucking drunk and I get raped, it's not my fault. No, True. No. It is not your fault. Right. And this is where it gets very dangerous. Like your face is saying, be careful. Ugh. If I walk around with a with a $5 bill or a $20 bill hanging out of my back pocket and it gets stolen by mm-hmm. a pickpocket... Mm-hmm. Um, it's not my fault, mm-hmm. but I made it easier to become a victim. I made it easier for myself to become a victim. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you put yourself in a vulnerable position, whether it be rape or look, if I get blackout drunk and I get robbed or I get beaten up, it's not my fault, but I certainly didn't create an atmosphere and environment around myself that would make it more difficult to be to to be victimized. So this is kind of that argument of like if you leave your purse visible in your car and it gets stolen or you leave your car unlocked and it gets broken into and stolen then you're kind of responsible for that in terms of you should have locked the car, you should have not put your purse in there, but ultimately it's not your fault because you were you were still victimized yeah, that's right. and we shouldn't just expect that people are going to do bad things to us, well, regardless of what we do. Well, th- that's the other point of this. And th- he- here's where I think Rebecca is going a little over the line with it. And I, I understand the point. I really do. It's that you can't really teach... Look, first of all, I, I think everybody knows that it's against the law and it's bad to impose yourself to rape, to act criminally in these matters. However, there's always going to be bad people. So like these self-defense classes, I think they're awesome because you learn how to defend yourself against those potential fuckers out there who are going to do you harm. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that women are the physically the weaker among humans and it's more important for them look when i'm walking down the street i'm less of a target because it's going to be a lot harder for someone to rob and and hurt me than it is you so i bad people look water rolls downhill you're an easier target than i am I'm going to cause a lot more damage. I might fucking hurt somebody if they try to fucking kill me or take my shit. Where you, you appear to be a lot more frail, a lot easier to get the job done. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. What a dick. Um, so <laughs> I, I get what you're saying because when they talk to predators, right? Or when they're telling you what to do, like when you're walking to your car, predators will avoid people who appear alert or prepared. Right? Yeah, 
Sure. So they tell you to be alert and prepared. Don't be. Don't have your face in your phone right. texting while you're walking to your car. So they, so they tell you these things, and and so I, I get what you're saying in terms of being prepared for it. I think this is a difficult topic for women because one, it's not great to be told that you are the inferior or weaker among us, right? That's not that's not great. And well, it, it's not generally speaking. It's not great to be told that maybe there's something you should have done to prevent something from happening to you. Yeah, well, look, after the fact, when cops come in and they're, you know, administering the interview and, and doing the rape kit shit, if they start asking, how many drinks did you have? That's fucking stupid. After the fact, that's a, that it doesn't have any context. It doesn't have anything to do what what took place. And all it does, it does, I believe, victim blame. Right, and so... But e- to tell someone before, hey, be careful with how much you drink, daughter... Because I don't want you to become an easier target than you would be if you were able to be alert like you're talking about. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And look. So I- it's more of an advice perspective, not a post hoc explanation yes. for. God damn, that's exactly what it is. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's a great distinction. This is for all you ladies. If you're taking Jesse D advice. I don't think they are. I don't, at this point, they're for sure <laughs> oh. not. But it's before. Yeah, hey, don't drink. And if you're going to get shitty ass drunk, have someone there to be alert for you who's going to be your wingman or your wing laid. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag wing laid. So that's all I'm saying. But, but it, the, th- the same thing applies to men. It's just I think it's more important for women because of the fact that I'm more physically capable than 99% of women. Well, we've actually heard from men that have written into the show anonymously. And when we've discussed things like this and said, I'm a small guy and I actually identify more with women in this regard than men because I'm smaller in stature. I have never been in a fight. I don't feel capable of defending myself if someone were to harm me. Yeah. So we, it's not just that it's women. It, it isn't that it's just women. In fact, men do get raped. I'm just, the rape culture thing is focused so predominantly around women and the rape of women and the assault of women and the victimization of women that it just becomes the focal point when I talk about it. Right, and there are douchebags out there who, oh, yeah. who have adopted this way of viewing and treating women and I always give that example of the the hidden camera show what would you do and it was this example where it was a guy and a girl and they were clearly meeting they made it clear to everyone who was around them who didn't know what was going on blind date right that it was a blind date and they were meeting for the first time and she gets up to go to the bathroom again they they make this all loud so the people around them are noticing what's going on they did it in Jersey everybody's fucking loud in Jersey so (laughs) she goes to the bathroom and he Make sure that people are noticing when he puts something in her drink. He tries to do it on the sly, but it's like one of those infomercials where, have you ever tried to put something in the cabinet and then everything flies everywhere? Right. He's like over the top about it, trying to be on the sly. Yeah. And so basically the point of the show is how will people respond to this situation? I was very disappointed. And... Many people did the right thing, obviously, confronted him right away or got someone because they were too afraid to confront him directly. But there were these two guys 
who their faces were blurred. They didn't agree to be on the show. And they, they started commenting him, him. Yeah, they were like high-fiving in the air. And telling him, like, good luck. And, I mean, it... <laughs> Honestly, they should have released the names of those men just as like yes. a public service. Yeah. Um, because there are people out there like that who don't give a fuck, apparently. Well, I think also, I'm not talking about like violent, like stranger rape, but oftentimes I do think that there is kind of a, a mindset among younger men, like the, 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 the Youngstown, Ohio, that rape case where the girl got blackout drunk and those, those boys... They assaulted her. They raped her. She was unconscious, didn't unconscious, didn't give consent. And that is rape. And I think that there is some education does some education all the way around needs to happen. But in those cases, for sure, the message needs to get across to boys and men that if they're not saying yes, you're not saying yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in those situations where those young boys are treating uh, a human being like an like, inanimate object. Yeah, that's right. It makes you want to sit down and, and talk to them behind bars, you know, and say, <laughs> yes, what was going on for you? Where, what happened to make you think that this was okay? Or, you know, even those questions are, are aggressive, I think, and wouldn't allow them to speak. But I would be genuinely interested in, talking to them and trying to figure out what happened in their life to make them do that to someone else. I mean, it's almost like a kid who, you know, tortures animals or lights things on fire. I, I wonder what happened sure. in their head. Maybe they're, look, look, among us, they're just bad fucking people. You know, I think ultimately that's it. It's the guy who attacked Kelly Heron, those pricks in Ohio, so there's a certain percentage of us that's, you know, probably a static percentage, 10, 15 percent of us that are just fucking assholes. And I think they would fall into that. Anyway, we've gone super long on this. Rebecca, thank you for the call. I have a feeling we're going to get some <laughs> emails and phone calls about this. And, you, you and, are. And this will continue as a conversation. Yeah. Don't set it up that I'm the bad guy. I'm not setting it up that you're the bad guy. I... I think that people respond very strongly to this, and I think that a lot of people, particularly when you said that you don't think rape culture is a thing, I think that yeah. people respond very strongly to that statement. And, but this is what the show is about: moving the conversation forward. Yeah, I'm not doing it in some men's rights activist way. I for sure believe rape is a is a heinous act that should be punished far more. If you rape. There shouldn't be an occasion where you find yourself in a public bathroom having been a previously convicted rapist that you're in public around normal people again. So someone would argue that a pro-rape culture person would argue that that is symptomatic of rape culture, that he was allowed to be back out on the streets. Well, or it's just it, it's a it's a uh, a symptom of light sentencing. Maybe not rape culture. Look, if you rob a bank and no one gets hurt, you you can come back out in society and be among us. If you violate a woman or you molest a child, you don't get another chance. That's your shot. You had your moment in the sun to be around normal people. You fucked it up and now you're 
Sorry, you're out of here. In Jesse D's world. Yeah, when not I'm in, in the charge, real world. When I'm in charge, <laughs> that's what's going to be happening. Yeah. Just wait, everybody. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right, we've gone super fucking late. We, I want to talk about this United thing. Okay, well, let's talk about it. All right, so uh, everybody knows what happened. Yeah, the guy got dragged out of his seat because they overbooked the flight. Four United employees needed to be on the flight to get to work the next day or whatever. And so they said, hey, we need four people to give up their seats. Everyone was already seated, already on the plane. We need four volunteers. Right. So no one volunteered because the incentive was not good enough, obviously. It was and so they said, then 800, and still nobody... I guess one couple got up and said, okay, 800's good. And so they said, okay, no one is responding to the incentive, so no incentive. We're just going to randomly pick people and remove you from the plane. So everyone that they chose, with the exception of one Dr. Dow, got off the plane, and he said that he was a doctor, that he needed to be at work the next day for his patients. He couldn't get off the plane. And so they called the security guys who physically removed him and smashed his face on the armrest or chair or right. whatever. Apparently, he has a broken nose. His mm-hmm. lawyer came out. They're, they're going to sue the fuck out of the oh, C- yeah. Chicago Police Department and the airline. Yeah. So, uh, major thing. People were you know outraged on the plane. Everybody took video. Women were screaming. People were just, you know, they reacted short of actually accosting the police officers because these were cops this wasn't just some dude who worked security in the airport these were deputized chicago police mm-hmm. so you citizens aren't really gonna fucking on mass attack the cops that's just that's not the world we live in but what happened is the the ceo oscar munoz read a state or he gave a statement and he talked about that they were trying to reaccommodate the customer and all this, and he he called the the guy belligerent. This is an upsetting event to all of us here at United. I apologize for having to reaccommodate these customers. Our team is moving with a sense of urgency to work with the authorities and conduct our uh, conduct our own detailed review of what happened. We are also reaching out to this passenger to talk directly to him and further address and resolve the situation. So this was not a well-received statement. Well, then he followed up with an email. It said, Dear Team, like you, I was upset to see and hear about what happened last night aboard United Express Flight 3411, headed from Chicago to Louisville. While the facts and circumstances are still evolving, especially with respect to why this customer defied Chicago aviation security officers the way he did, to give you a clearer picture of what transpired, I've included below a recap from preliminary reports by our employees. Whatever, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's two more paragraphs. But basically, he commends them. Yeah, you did a good job. Yes. If you commend, you give a commendation. You're saying, hey, you did an exemplary job, right? He also calls the guy belligerent and that he was defiant. Right. Well, now videos come out that he was very cooperative, just saying, no, I'm not leaving. No, he's on the phone. No, uh-uh, no, I, I, I can't. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Right, so the third statement, <laughs> and this was... After the internet went fucking crazy and they lost $1.2 billion of market share. Well, this was just one day after that email to employees. Dear team, the truly horrific event that occurred on this flight has elicited, elicited many responses from all of us. Outrage, anger, from all disappointment. Of us. 
Right. So obviously the the tone changed pretty quickly. Yeah, well, they lost a billion dollars in 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 company value. Right. So what I've been seeing is not so much a clear partisan difference in how people have reacted to this because typically it's more majority versus majority, right? Majority Republicans feel this way. Majority of Democrats feel this way. Although I will say that the only people I've seen defending the security officers in the situation conservatives are conservatives. Yeah. And (laughs) it's very strange to me because this is always an impulse. And I know it's about respect for authority, which they, they tend to value more than liberals, Yeah, but they're skeptical of the government. It doesn't make sense. The police are the government. They should. Yes. But also if a cop tells you to, I've been using a vulgar example when I tell this to other people, but if he tells you to, Perform fellatio. Yes. That's what you've been saying. We'll state it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Are you just, well, he told you to do it. Why aren't you doing it? Yeah, right. He has the authority. He's telling you to do that. So if a cop is telling you to do something wrong or that is violating your rights, do you still have to do that? He's just a dude wearing an outfit. He's a citizen. So to those people, let me say this. I mean, there's not probably not a lot of them. With his job comes requirements responsible. I understand that. Don't email me. So, so let me say this to those people. Imagine that you, you're getting married because part of this is that they already seated this doctor. He was already seated. It wasn't like, listen, I don't mind if they the overbook flights. I get it. It's part of the model. It keeps prices down. I understand. There is a certain percentage of people who don't make their flights. And so it usually works out. But normally they don't board the whole fucking plane and then tell people, ah, you got to go. Yeah, it's usually when you show up super excited to go on your vacation and then you get there and they say, oh, sorry, someone more important than you Yeah, well, that's shitty, that's shitty, but you haven't been seated. Right, but it's still, it's you're, you're flippantly All saying right. it's shitty, but it's totally shitty. Oh, I get it. I get it, but that's not what we're talking about. Got we're it. not talking about the overbooking. We're talking about this particular instance. Listen, I can't brush over any kind of details. Yeah, right. <laughs> so imagine that you're getting married and you've booked your tuxedos. Mm-hmm. And you get to the place, you're trying them on with your groomsmen, and you're, you're, you have the tuxes on. And the company, XYZ Tuxedo Rentals. Oh, they're so good. When they, t- you, they You've taken them off and they rebagged them, and then they just go to the back and they put them in the back. And they say, oh, sorry, one of our employees is also having his wedding this week. Uh-oh. And we have to, get, we have to take care of him. Before you, before you. So you don't get your taxes. Mm-hmm. Here's $800. Sorry. No, in no, in no world would that be acceptable. But apparently in the airplane world, that's okay. Not anymore, because now Oscar Munoz, who as far as I'm concerned, should lose his fucking job mm-hmm. over this fiasco. I'll never fly United again. Had he come right out and said, I'm sorry? Okay. Well, it's worse because he (laughs) did what he did, was defending it, and then literally the next day was singing in a different tune based on the public reaction. If you felt that way and you believed that you were right, continue on that path. Yeah. I mean... Stick to your guns if you're right. It's frustrating that now he's acting as though his reaction was anger and disappointment at the guy 
That's right. you were angry and disappointed with the guy. Defiant passenger. Right. And so now here's another element to this that has pissed me off is this guy apparently has a criminal record. And it doesn't matter. I'm not going to talk about the details. Please don't go Google the details. Just don't. But this is what happens when people who are just regular citizens, not on the map, get in the public eye, and then TMZ starts digging up, and TMZ starts digging up information, trying to discredit him. Why? His past has no bearing on the wrongness in this situation. Right. Well, it wasn't if it wasn't known at the time and it wasn't a factor in the decision making, no. then it shouldn't be a factor after the fact. Right. And I'm seeing people use that to defend yeah. what happens. Yeah. It has nothing to do with what happens. Zero. Those to do. guys didn't know about that. Those security guys. They were police officers. Let's quit calling them security. They were. If the Chicago Police Department is under has a problem right now. Then yes, oh. I saw you know patches on arms. I, they were they were legitimate. They had the authority to drag him the fuck out. Well, I knew they had you the know, authority. Security, the, 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 random people don't just get to put their hands on dudes who are seated paying customers. Airport you know what I mean? security can't do that. Uh, who is airport security? That's not a, a police. When you pull in and you see those like in front of um, John Wayne here, uh-huh. those are those are cops. Those mm. are the deputized Orange County. Police officers. Well, they were wearing jeans, so I was confused. Yeah, I think there's probably plain co- clothes people yeah. that, that roam, too. But the other dudes were uniformed. Anyway, it's just not okay. Helping me out with my dumbness. <laughs> Hashtag dumb late. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, that's how we feel about this. <laughs> and it's... Is this show just a wash? <laughs> we're like, we're over 40 minutes. Yeah. Well, things happen, everybody. Probably 45 minutes. Yeah, sometimes... I have my screen full of bullshit Sometimes right now, so. Jesse really steps on his dick a little too much anyway. and tries to explain things, and then it takes, like, 25 minutes. All right. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. So there's a name in here that I'm going to read and I do not know how to say it. And listen, I got shit on by a listener who said that I didn't say their name right. <laughs> I think it was like an epic butchering, he called it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Listen, I did this to Raina. We were calling her Renia. Renia, yeah. <laughs> and... She corrected us on. Yeah, you just gotta let us know on the Google Hangout. If you're gonna shit on us on, then you need to spell it phonetically in the tweet so we know how to fucking do it from now or on. Or leave us a voice memo and just say your name, and we'll know it's fine. Yeah. So so Jarton, Jarton, whatever. Uh, call in six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Give us the proper pronunciation. And Reina can attest to the fact that it has never been said incorrectly ever again on All the right. show. Okay, Paul, Noah. I'm getting nervous as it comes closer. Etnas? I don't know. Etnas. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry. Aetnas. A-T-E-N-A-S. All right. Well, let us know how to say it because it's important to us. It is. And some people are a little bit, you know, sensitive about the, the pronunciation of their name. Yeah. I never have. When, you, when your last name is Dollamore, 
It's Dolmore. It's Dolly Moore. Dollamore. It's Dollar Moore. It's Dollamore. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. So one thing really quick. I know people are probably sick of hearing about this, but some people still haven't gone in. And if you aren't planning to, that's fine. But for the people who haven't heard, we switched from per episode to monthly on Patreon. So that means if you were giving previously previous to April 1st on a per episode basis. Let's say you were giving a dollar per episode. That now means you are giving $1 per month. When before, it meant that you were giving $8 per month. Right. So if you would like to go in and update your information now that we are on a per month model, just log into your Patreon, go ahead and make that fix. And it's no longer per episode, it is per month. So we have had a really positive reaction to this change. A lot of new Patreon supporters moving closer to that third episode, although we are not there yet. So remember, if you haven't become a Patreon supporter, you can give a dollar. Let's say a thousand people gave a dollar. We would be doing a third episode a month. That's right. So just to let you guys know. A third episode per week. What did I say? Per month. I'm really tired, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you heard. but All right. Listen, we love you guys. Paul, Noah, Aitna, we love you guys. Thanks for the support. You guys mean the world to us. Stalemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So... Since we've gone so long, we're not going to get to everything. But I do want to talk about the Sean Spicer thing and his ridiculous, idiotic comments about Adolf Hitler. Now, listen, a lot has been said. I think a lot of people are going a little crazy with this. I did a video about it. And, you know, the crux of the video and the crux of my opinion on this isn't that he really is, like, promoting Adolf Hitler or, or giving him a break, so to speak. The really, I think the the focus of this entire thing, where he said Hitler d didn't even stoop to the level of using chemical weapons in World War II, is that he's they. Th this is such a stupid group of people that they don't put history in context. They don't appreciate the historicity of World World War II or the concentration camps, or as he put it, con uh, uh, Holocaust centers. Anyway, listen to what he said. And then we're going to talk about it, and then I'm going to play how he tried to clean it up. You, you look, we didn't use chemical weapons in World War II. You know, you had a, you know, someone as despicable as Hitler who didn't even sink to, the, to, the, to using chemical weapons. So you have to, if you're Russia, ask yourself, is this a country that you and a regime that you want to align yourself with? Uh, you have previously signed on to international agreements rightfully acknowledging that the use of chemical weapons should be out of bounds by every country. To not stand up to not only Assad, but your own word should be troubling. This is, Russia put their name on the line. Um, so it's not a question of how long that alliance has lasted. But at what point do they recognize that they are now getting on the wrong side of history in a really bad way really quickly? So clearly he's fucking wrong. Hitler did use chemical weapons. He killed millions of Jews in the gas chambers using chemical weapons. Several different gases he used. Some was just carbon monoxide, which is still chemical warfare. Again, pointing to the fact that this administration, Donald Trump and his representatives, 
are just ill-informed. This isn't something you overlook. Oh, that's not what I meant uh, when I said that Hitler didn't use chemical weapons. Uh, I meant that he wasn't, uh, uh, and then he, he stutters and stammers and he can't fucking catch a thought. Here, here, here's that. Sean, thanks. I just want to give you the opportunity to clarify something you said that seems to be gaining some traction right now. Uh, quote, Hitler didn't even sink to the level of using chemical weapons. What did you mean by that? I, I think when you come to sarin gas, uh, there was no, he was not using the gas on his own people the same way that a shot is doing. I mean, there was clearly, I, I, I understand your point. Thank you. I, I, thank you. I appreciate that. There was not in the, in the he brought him into the, to, um, to the Holocaust Center, I understand that. But I'm saying in the way that Assad used them where he went into towns, dropped them down to innocent into the middle of towns, it was brought to it. So the use of it, and I appreciate the clarification there, that was not the intent. So that's, that's a non-answer. Right. That, that's stuttering and stammering. That's, he's, not, he's not answering the question. Well, here's what I think happened. In his head, he knew that he messed up. And he was probably panicking. Because after this, he, yeah. he went on with Wolf Blitzer and again kept uh, pronouncing Bashar al-Assad's name incorrectly right but Wolf Blitzer I watched some show with him where it talked about his family history and his family yeah. I think he had family members that died in the holocaust yes. and so this is obviously something that he feels very close to and he grilled him on it was probably very shocked and offended when he heard him say this and he made that clear during the interview so <laughs> It was not typical of Wolf Blitzer, who seems very unemotional all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, it was very intense. And it's about as fired up as Wolf gets. Yeah, and he said, you know, who exactly are you apologizing to? Yeah, yeah. And really made him get specific. But he <laughs> he can't say anything other than, yeah, I'm, I was stupid and I made a mistake and I'm sorry. That's what he kept saying, because what else can he say? And, and of course, he's slipping in. I made the president look bad, because I guess that's important, too. Well, I'm sure he was forced to say that. Right. You make sure you let him know. Right. He said several <laughs> times it wasn't my intent to detract from what the president is doing and blah, blah, blah. Right. Whatever. All right. Well, let's, let's move on to this interview that Donald Trump just gave with Maria Bartomolo. What the hell is her name? Maria Bartiromo. I don't watch Fox Business, so she's not in my my anchor lexicon. Yeah, Brittany Page. Well, I I'm so bad with names; it's really embarrassing. Well, let's let's talk about uh, obviously. Anytime Donald Trump sits down for an interview, he's going to say a bunch of shit that's not true. Yeah, and he said stuff that was, I think, patently just wrong because he's a fucking dumb guy, and also shit that is a lie. And we're going to cover that. So first is his comment about health care and how much money they're going to be saving and whether or not it was a loss when they lost in the House. At some point, very soon, I think we're doing very well on health care. It's been very much misreported that we failed with health care. We haven't failed. We're negotiating, and we continue to negotiate. And we will save perhaps $900 billion. You know, if you look at, if you look at the kind of numbers that we're talking about, that's all going back into the taxes. And we have to do health care first to pick up additional money so that we get great tax reform. So we're going to have a phenomenal tax reform. But I have to do health care first. I want to do it first to really do it right. 
And after that, we're going to start on tax reform and infrastructure. But do you have to do health care before tax reform? Yes. When I speak with business managers, they say tax reform is so much more impactful to moving the needle You're on right. economic growth. They're so why all do you- right. But because I'm saving a tremendous amount, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars we're saving on health care. So we're going to have a much better plan than Obamacare, which is failing. Uh, tax reform is going to be tough, but it won't be as tough as health care. Health care is very, very difficult. <laughs> So first of all, he gave two different sets of numbers there. He said they were saving up to $900 billion with a B. And then at the end there, he's talking about saving hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. If you're saving $900 billion, you're not saving hundreds of millions. You're saving thousands of millions of dollars. Right. So when we are fact-checking this... Some of these fact checks came from a Washington Post article that was written by Glenn Kessler and Michelle Yee He Lee. So I just wanted to promote that because it's their their work. Their investigative yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, their their fact checking. So on this issue of the nine hundred billion the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office report on the Republican bill said it would reduce the deficit by $337 billion over the next decade. Trump appears to be referring to a $900 billion reduction in revenue from the repeal of Obamacare taxes, but that's actually money lost to the federal government. The proposed law would have reduced federal spending on health care by $1.2 trillion, but the repeal in taxes means the impact on the budget is significantly smaller. Right. And so this, I think, is just him throwing out numbers because, you know, he talks in that fast, nonsensical bullshit way that he does. But it's just not true. Also not true. While Obamacare has room for improvement, we'll say. (laughs) A lot of room for improvement. It's not ready to fail. He said later in the interview that it keeps every quarter they have to bail it out. Not true. That's just a fucking lie. So we vacillate between dumb guy Trump and liar Trump throughout this entire interview. Next up is him talking about how he has uh, the the greatest first hundred days of any presidency in history and about how he's saving America through uh, stripping away of regulations. We've done an amazing job on regulations. We've freed it up. We've freed up this country so much uh, the miners and energy and the banking systems now coming to with Dodd Frank which is a disaster uh, we freed up so much and we're getting great great credit for it we have done so much for so many people I don't think that there is a presidential period of time in the first 100 days where anyone's done nearly what we've been able to do and on top of it We just had, during the first 100 days, a Supreme Court justice approved, not just nominated, but approved through a very, very hostile environment. Uh, So, listen. Why does he say very so much? Uh, Well, it's because he's a dumb guy. So, So he always has to talk about, oh, we're getting so much credit for it. We're getting credit for it. We're getting so much credit for it. No one fucking cares about how much credit you're getting from something from your cheerleaders. It's the equivalent of talking about ratings. It's just another way to talk about ratings. We got some Hillary bitches on here. Come on, baby. (laughs) If that's the guy who's giving you credit for something, it doesn't count, Donald Trump. 
Got any Hillary bitches on here? Don't Donald Trump do real good, huh? Yeah. No one cares if that's the guy who's giving you credit. The other thing Donald is Donald Trump cares. <laughs> the other he will th- take what he can get. It does not matter. The other thing is that th- that is not related to the fact check is Gorsuch, Neil Gorsuch, the 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 the, the new associate justice on the Supreme Court, which we didn't cover because it was inevitable that he was going to get. Uh, approved get confirmed it's not historic that you got it done in the first hundred days when the past several hundred days there's been a vacancy on the supreme court our nine member court has been staffed by eight members for hundreds of days and when the, the the republicans stonewalled and didn't even give him meetings with individual senators, Merrick Garland, of course we're going to have to fill that vacancy quickly. That's not a testament to you, Donald Trump. And as far as his 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 talking about how it, it's the greatest, most productive uh, first hundred days, that, that is just ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous to, to claim that after you fail on health care, after your Muslim ban has been struck down by multiple courts multiple times, it's not a product. What the fuck have you done other than roll back regulations so coal miners, com- these giant companies, can pour sludge and runoff and chemicals and poisons into the streams and rivers that surround the coal mines in coal country? Those are the kind of regulations that they're rolling back. And he's bragging about it. Ugh. Moving on. I am waiting right now for so many people. You understand. Hundreds and hundreds of people. And then they'll say, why isn't Trump doing this faster? You can't do it faster because they're obstructing. They're obstructionists. So I have people, hundreds of people that we're trying to get through. I mean, you, have, you see the backlog, can't get them through. Yeah. And then the newspapers will say, Trump doesn't get them through. Well, it's not, nothing to do with me. Statutorily, you have to go through this process. So it's been a lousy process. It's taken a long time to get uh, my cabinet done. And as you know, it's not even done now. This is record stuff. You know, we're talking about records in terms of time. And it's, it's very sad. Well, you see, even again, with the Supreme Court judge that everybody agrees is outstanding and you see what that process is. Absolutely. And the American people know it, I think. I think so- they know it. I think they get it. I wish it would be explained better, the obstructionist nature, though, because a lot of times I'll say, well, why doesn't so-and-so have people under him or her? The reason is because we can't get them approved. So according to this Washington Post article, Trump suggests that he isn't filling administration posts because of obstruction, like you just heard. Democrats have slow walked many of his cabinet nominees, but Trump has been much slower than his predecessors in filling sub cabinet posts and other positions. Out of the 553 key positions requiring Senate confirmation, 478 still have no nominee, according to the Partnership for Public Service. Another 29 have been announced but not formally nominated. Only 22 positions have been confirmed. Republican senators said they are growing impatient with the White House's slow pace. Right. I hear reports, I've read in in different independent places, that say that he has a binder full of names and he just, at the end of the night, he'll take the binder and kind of flip through it. 
he's going at a very leisurely pace to get these people named and nominated so they can get through the process. So this is on the White House. This is on Donald Trump himself. This has nothing to do with obstruction. There has been some obstruction, strategic obstruction on the part of the Democrats, and it doesn't have anything to do with this. Huh, I wonder why he isn't taking it seriously. That's weird. <laughs> huh? Is it is it because he doesn't take the job seriously? Maybe I'm... they should put a big giant chunk of chocolate cake in front of him with the binder and stuff will get done. I think that might do it. Or maybe he'll just launch more missiles. Or eat more cake. <laughs> In the last weeks of the Obama presidency, he changed all the rules in terms of the intelligence agencies, allowing them to share raw data. Terrible. Why do you think he did this? Uh, well, I'm going to let you figure that one out, but it's so obvious. When you look at Susan Rice <laughs> and what's going on, and so many people... Listen, I'm going to let you figure that out, but it's so obvious. Well, if it's that obvious, just fucking say it. You fucking... Ah! He is just a fascinating guy. You know that soft spot on a baby's head? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, 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 the, the skull grows together. Yeah. I think Donald Trump just has like a... There's a there, there's a, a medical term for it where that soft spot never goes away. Mm-hmm. And I think Donald Trump, his brain has been... Maybe he was in a hailstorm or something. Slowly leaking out and being absorbed maybe by other parts of his body. Maybe his dad abused him with like a ball-peen hammer on his soft spot and never just, never hardened up. Yeah. God damn, what a fucking idiot. Well, I, I want to say too that the woman interviewing him. She's a cheerleader, It was she? very shocking. It was very shocking because she moderated one of the presidential debates and I thought she did a pretty good job. And this interview it was just so strange, her reactions to things he was saying. And I, I wish more people would question him when he does things that are very unusual. It's almost as though she wrote the songs to the Christian songs. She's down <laughs> on her knees begging, please. Yeah. They're <laughs> coming up to me and apologizing now. They say, you know, you were right when you said that. Perhaps I didn't know how right I was because oh nobody God. knew the extent of it. When what, you sent that infamous tweet, was that what you were referring to, the Susan Rice? Well, sure. We're talking about surveillance. It was wiretapped in quotes. New York Times had the word wiretapped in the headline of the first edition. Then they took it out of there fast when they realized. But I put wiretapped in quotes, meaning because, look, wiretapping is an old fashioned thing. There are too many wires anymore. You don't have a lot of wires. Look at this room. This room used to have a lot of wires. Now it doesn't have so many wires. But (laughs) we talked about surveillance or whatever. And you look at the extent of the surveillance. Me and so many other people, it's it's terrible. She said she didn't do it for political reasons. Susan Rice told Does Andrew Mitchell. Does anybody really believe that? Nobody believes that. Even the the people that try to protect her in the news media, it's such a big story, and I'm sure it will continue forward. But uh, what they did is horrible. Nobody believes that. Does anybody believe that? Nobody. Let me tell you who believes that, Donald Trump. Bipartisans, individuals on the House Intelligence Committee all believe that. Now that Devin Nunes is gone, everyone who's had uh, a look at the classified information that Devin Nunes was acting like was such a bombshell, they've all agreed there's no story there. It's not a big deal. Susan Rice, yes, she did ask for unmasking of names, But those names were not leaked. They were not released. She went through the normal 
course of her duties as the national security advisor and found out the names that were masked in the reports. Even Republicans are saying you're fucking wrong. They're not going as far as I am to say you're just a dumb guy, a dumb liar, but they are disagreeing with you. We're not going into Syria because, you know, there were some questions. Nikki Haley is doing a great job. Rex is doing a fantastic job, our secretary of state. Uh, General McMaster, fantastic. But if you add it all up and if they... Let's stop it there. Isn't the expectation for the secretary of state and the U.N. ambassador and the national security advisor to be such consummate professionals that they just do a great job? That's the... That's the expectation. You don't have to go around every time you mention them and talk about what a great job they're doing. You know, this isn't Walmart. Right. We, we don't need a progress report on, oh, they're doing such a great job. Yeah, they were hired to do a great job. It's also the way he talks about things, not just in this instance, but even when he was talking about our relations with Russia recently, the way he talks about things, it's so unusual. And we haven't heard this kind of language on these issues from previous presidents. It's very simple. Well, he needs to speak to that guy on the Delta flight. Donald Trump, baby! He said, we we aren't getting along right now with Russia. <laughs> well, they, they're, they're pushing that narrative really really hard because they look if they're not getting along how can he be a, a putin puppet right if there's oh well you see there's no way for me to be a putin, putin puppet because we're not getting along right now if i was a putin puppet i'd be doing everything he wants well and eric trump actually pointed that out and said listen the the serious strike that illustrates how you know we don't have a connection to russia right and no actually you rushing to the newspaper to say that this illustrates that there's no connection someone illustrates that there might be a connection I, it's a little suspicious just a little bit right. they take every little word they'll say oh they're different just so you understand we're not going into syria but when i see people using horrible horrible chemical weapons, which they agreed not to use under the Obama administration, but they violated it. They said they got rid of them. Hey, look, what I did should have been done by the Obama administration a long time before I did it. And you would have had a much better, I think Syria would be a lot better off right now than it has been. Obama pushed, he, he resisted doing it. When I looked, he, well, he didn't do it. I don't know what happened, but he didn't do it. And in fact, they had a big attack right after he drew the red line in the sand. They had a very big attack and everybody waited. What's going on? And nothing happened. And even the Obama people admitted he was wrong for not doing it. Uh, I will tell you that when I looked at the pictures on any show or any newspaper, but especially when you see them on Children. television and you see these beautiful kids that are dead in their father's arms, or you see kids gasping for life, you know they're, it's over. It's over for them. They're hosing them down, hundreds of them. When you see that, I immediately called General Mattis. I said, what can we do? And they came back with a number of different alternatives, and we hit them very hard. Now, this is maddening. This is, Obama's got to be sitting in his house right now just being like, you motherfucker. Because now Donald Trump, the dumb liar of the century, is saying, well, Obama should have handled this. 
Back in the day when Obama, quote unquote, should have handled it, Donald Trump couldn't be on Twitter enough talking about how Obama shouldn't do anything. Right. So in 2013 and 2014, Trump repeatedly tweeted against Obama launching air attacks against Syria for allegedly deploying chemical weapons. Trump repeated repeated this in more than a dozen tweets saying Obama should, quote, stay the hell out of Syria and that it would, quote, be stupid and that, quote, very bad things will happen. He urged Obama instead to, quote, fix USA and, quote, focus on making our country strong and great again. Uh, seriously, dumb guy liar. Th- that's it. Th- that's the only that's the only explanation. Now, really quick, before we move on from this, I want to talk about the um, partisan support for the serious strikes in 2013. Democratic support for Obama was 38%. 38% of Democrats supported it. Donald Trump, 37%. So about the same. Right. 38%. Actually, more Democrats supported, uh, well, 1% more supported during Obama right. than during this Republican. Only 1%. Republicans, 22% supported Obama launching strikes, and 86% supported Trump. That is unbelievable number. So this is a problem. This is the problem. And it's a problem for Republicans right now. I'm actually shocked at how close the numbers are, the, the ideologically static they are for the, for the Democrats, that they're not being partisan in this. They really don't want to strike, whether it be from Obama or Trump. They don't want it, overwhelmingly. But Republicans... Our national security and how we put our men and women in harm's way in foreign soils, it, their decision-making is determinate, is determinate on who is in the White House. See, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Next up, it's Donald Trump talking about President Xi from China and this North Korea thing. And again, fucking dumb guy. I mean, we understand each other. I think he's, uh, you know, a person that I got along with really well. We had a good chemistry. Did he yeah. give you any suggestion that he well, would help with North Korea? We had Did to you meeting. get into trade and currency? First thing I brought up was North Korea. So you've got to help us with North Korea because we can't allow it. And it's no good for you. And you have a tremendous power because of trade. Now, he then explains thousands of years of history with Korea. Not that easy. In other words, not as simple as people would think. Again, this is kind of like the healthcare thing, where nobody knows how complicated it was. Yeah, everybody knew it was going to be complicated. Same thing here. He thought it was just going to be no problem to deal with North Korea, a problem that has existed since the 1950s. And ah, no big deal. He sits down and has a 10-minute conversation, and all of a sudden, oh, man, I totally get it. It's, it's really hard. Fucking dumb guy. And we're going to wrap with this. Britney's favorite clip of all time, both because it's alarming and also because it really does illustrate where Donald Trump's head's at. It's him going on and on talking about when they ordered the strike, and rather than just talking about the gravity of the situation, launching 59 Tomahawk land attack missiles, he's talking about the goddamn dessert they were eating. 
that, yeah. When you were with the president of China, you're launching these military strikes. Yeah. Uh, was that planned? How did that come about that it's happening right then? Because right there you're saying, a reminder, here's who the superpower in the world is. You have no idea how many people want to hear the answer to this. I have, had, I have watched speculation for three days now on what that was like. When did you tell us? But I'll tell Before you. Before dessert? But I will tell you. Only because you've treated me so good for so long, <laughs> I have to you. tell you, right? First of all, do you hear how giddy she is in her voice? You Very can, strange. You can hear, you can see the smile on her goddamn face just by listening to her talk. It's very strange. Bizarre. I was sitting at the table. We had finished dinner. We're now having dessert. And we had the most beautiful piece of chocolate cake that you've ever seen. And President Xi was enjoying it. And I was given the message from the generals that the ships are locked and loaded. What do you do? And we made a determination to do it. So the missiles were on the way. And I said, Mr. President, let me explain something to you. This is during dessert. We've just fired 59 missiles, all of which hit, by the way, unbelievable from, you know, hundreds of miles away, all of which hit. Amazing. Unmanned. Brilliant. It's so incredible. It's brilliant. It's genius. Our technology, our equipment is better than anybody, body by a factor of five. I mean, what we have in terms of technology, nobody can even come close to competing. Now, we're going to start getting it because, you know, the military has been cut back and depleted so badly by the past administration and by the war in Iraq, which was another disaster. So what happens, as I said, we've just launched 59 missiles heading to Iraq. Well, you headed to Syria. Yes, heading toward Syria. So three things happened there. One is his obsession with talking about the goddamn cake, putting his hands out, showing how tall the cake was, which in my estimation is him promoting Mar-a-Lago, which is a, a club you can pay. I think that's giving him way too much credit. Well, I think it's just in his nature to talk about how great things are that he owns. It, it should be concerning to anyone who hears this, how clueless and how he doesn't even care about the gravity of the situation. Yes. I, this is not a movie. He's not playing president. He is the president. And he literally sent missiles to another country. Yes. Uh, it's not a movie. It's not a joke. It's, it's serious. This is real. This is really happening. And I don't think he understands the reality of what's happening Well, here. it's the most... Decis the decision to, to put our men and women in harm's way and to intervene militarily in any conflict is the most gravity-possessing decision that any president will make. Yes, and I have heard people say that there's a, a thousand U.S. troops stationed in Syria. Yeah. And when... Now they're, now they're a target. Yeah, so when he sent the missiles... They are in danger. Yeah. Because what if what if Assad decides to retaliate and, yeah. and goes goes there? I mean, we don't well, know. They were in danger before, but now they're m way more of a target. Right. So now they're a high value target in retaliation. Right. The other thing is him going on and on about how none of the missiles missed their targets. Look, I think two of them did. Well, I think that's probably why he's saying this to, to let everybody know. No, no. When I order a strike, it's perfect. It's exactly right. These are GPS navigated. 
Of course they're going to hit their targets. They didn't have to break out a fucking slide rule and figure out where to send them. They type in satellite targeting coordinates. And then lastly, when he gets the goddamn country wrong, who we attacked. He says Iraq. And she has to correct him and say, no, 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 that was Syria. Well, they're all the same. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe they are to him. Honestly, what what other excuse is there? He doesn't know what he's talking about. This is this is important. I, I Yes. I was listening to an interview with George W. Bush today on the radio and he said that Was it on the Christian station? No, it wasn't. It was on the <laughs> classical music station. And he was saying that you get into this job and you learn about the reality of the world. Yeah. And suddenly the things that you were saying on the campaign trail don't make sense, aren't relevant. It's well, unimportant. Especially for Donald Trump, who wasn't getting a security briefing. Because you get in the role, and then, oh my God, I didn't know all of this. And you'd think that that would straighten him up, but it hasn't. And so that should That's be concerning right. to everyone. That's it. Everyone. Even this guy. Donald Trump, baby! Even him. Anyway, we're going to leave you there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. If you if you give good thoughts, you send out some energy. Brittany's defense for her thesis is tomorrow, Friday, 9 a.m. I'm sure she would appreciate any positive energy sent into the universe. Huh, Brittany? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a large part, part of the stress will be over tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well... If I pass, <laughs> you will pass. Give me a goddamn break. Uh-huh. Anyway, we love you guys. If you'd like to to tune into the show. Anyway, we love you guys. If you'd like to communicate with the show, sound off, give us your opinion uh, on any of the topics we've talked about today. 657-464-7609. Call in and leave a fewer than three minute voicemail. Look, one and a half minutes or so actually is the perfect amount. We would love to hear from you. You can also email a voice memo from your smartphone following those same time parameters to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Thank you. We appreciate your support. Tell a friend. Tell your brother-in-law about the show just like Sean did. We love you guys. We appreciate you. And until next time, for Brittany Page... I am Jesse Dollimore, and this is Ben. I doubt it. I relapse like I'm living for the wrong reasons through the seasons trying to fall for you but then they put me on blast it's like I try to speak my mind because I know that I'm his and yep I try to speak my mind but it don't fly with them kids man if I'm not talking about the newest Nikes or releases they put the mute on me I can't speak about my Jesus like I'm living for him I'm slipping this in I turn around and make the amends I try to fit in I mess it up and stumble again I'm taking this pen and writing everything so I remember just I
how sweet that it is, yeah, man, I got issues, I can't even lie, my only saving grace is knowing I got you inside, I'm done with saving face, I don't got a thing to hide, so don't leave me alone, keep coming day and night.